Well, hi, my name is Jeff Owers, if I haven't met you. I've been trying to meet a few new people this week, and um, so far, so good. I'm just really enjoying this conference so far. Privileged to be able to give my, my testimony here tonight. Um, I've given it a few times. I know a few of you have heard it, whether at Claremont Bible Chapel or, or Boys Camp over the years. Uh, I hope you can stay awake, but uh, it, it's indeed a privilege to... Um, I, I pray that that you hear the Lord's story. It's interesting when you're talking about yourself, but I pray that God is glorified with everything I say. I will, uh, I'm doing my best to show you what he has done, not only to save me, but what, what else he's done in my life. If I, was, if I were to give my testimony right after I was saved, I would tell you about my life up until then and my moment of salvation, but I, there's, there's more to tell, and I'm eager to do that. So um, if you're taking notes, I spell my name with a G. It's the British spelling of Jeff. It starts with a G, and there's an O in the middle of it, and um, I don't know why. I, my, my parents uh, chose that, and I went with it. So last name is Owers, so uh, I have a, my family is here too, so uh, I like to think of us as, uh, as if uh, all the Owers are rowing along in the same boat. So that's us. I'm here with my wife, I, my two boys, but my daughter is away at, uh, at the Galilee Discipleship Conference um, in Lafayette, Louisiana right now. So Keep Delaney in your prayers. But um, I guess I'll start. It, it, when I was a child, uh, like a lot of testimonies start with, uh, I was raised in a Christian home, but, but not every Christian home was the same. Uh, my mother was very bold and would talk to me about the Lord Jesus, would, would show me uh, passages in, in the Word of God. Um, I memorized Scripture as a, as a child, and uh, we, we were taken to church. My dad was more of an example leader, a quiet man in his faith. My parents are both alive and well. I have very, very good parents. I was blessed that way. Not everybody has good parents. Not everybody has two parents. But um, I praise God for them, and I, and I, I love them. So I remember my, my mom, would, uh, as a youngster, would tell me about heaven. And she would say, and you get to go to heaven. It's going to be a wonderful, beautiful place. And it goes on forever and ever and ever. And in my little young mind, I thought, well, how long is that? How long does forever take? And it just would thrill me. I remember just beaming with joy, like, wow, that's going to be great forever and ever. Because you can't. You can't conceptualize that when you're young. How long is forever? I still love to think about it. That was my first thing that, that kind of drew me to the Lord and allowed me to realize, all right, this is, this is something I'm, I'm interested in. This is someone I'm interested in if he's there in heaven. And as a, as a child, for a while, we lived, we lived overseas uh, for a while, and then we came back to the United States. Um, we were overseas in Saudi Arabia. I don't want to go off on that. Uh, but my, uh, we, and we were able to go to church there. But as we came back, my, my parents uh, enrolled me in uh, a school called Scottsdale Christian Academy. We were growing up in Scottsdale, Arizona. And during that school year, uh, in getting to know a lot of the friends and the teachers, I started to recognize a lot of these kids have something that is different. And I, we had Bible class, and I was, you know, I was taught the Word, and we memorized Scripture. But I felt like in my heart and mind there was something missing. Other kids had it, and I didn't. I remember near the end of the year, my Bible teacher, Mr. Cruz, right in the middle of class, said, Jeff, how do, you, how do you know that you're a Christian? Can you give me your testimony? And I, I didn't know what to say. I just kind of smiled at him. But I think that was the first time that I realized that I didn't know how to answer that question or that I didn't have an answer to that question. And as, as time went on, I'm going to go and get my water here because I'm going to be drying up. Is that, thanks. Huh? Um, When, when, I, when I was realized with that truth that I, I really didn't have a testimony to give and that I didn't know for sure that I was saved, it started a stirring in my soul. 
It was just a couple months later that my brother and I were sent together to a camp, Pr Prescott Pines Camp. If anybody's ever been to Prescott, Arizona, a beautiful place, looks a little bit like this. And at that camp, there was a, a very a good pastor that was leading us, leading the youth. It was sixth and seventh graders. Uh, and uh, one, of the, one of the messages, it was on the, on the Wednesday night in the middle of the week, the message was on the idea of 18 inches. 18 inches is close, but not, not quite there. And many things in life and, spiritu and spiritually are 18 inches apart. And, as he, and he said, and how far away are some of you from salvation? 18 inches. And I went, what does he mean by that? And he described it a little further. And then he said, what 18 inches is, is the distance between your head and your heart. And on most people, that is the distance. I, I meant to bring a, um, a tape measure, but anyway, you get the idea. 18 inches. And as, as soon as he said that, I said, that's me. That's what I'm missing. I'm 18 inches away from salvation. And at that moment, I didn't go forward uh, and, and say yes to Jesus Christ that night, but I prayed to receive him as my Savior that night in the quietness of my, of my cabin bunk. The next, the next, uh, the next day, um, I was hoping there would be another sort of a gospel invitation where I could go forward and, and kind of make it official and go publicly. And sure enough, there was. I don't remember anything about that message. But I went forward, I prayed with a counselor, and went away with a, with a feeling of peace. I knew that the Lord Jesus was my Savior. And I emphasize Savior, I, I think at that point, that was all he was for me. He was my Savior, I knew I was saved, I knew I went forward with, with the intention of being saved by the Lord Jesus Christ for my sins. I knew I would live in heaven, and um, along with my mom, who promised that uh, we'd be there together. Um, but in that time frame um, and thereafter a little bit, I wasn't discipled. I didn't seek it out. I didn't really know it was a thing to be discipled. I wasn't surrounded with um, a bunch of Christians who, who brought me along. We just weren't in a church community that did that for me. It's nobody's fault but my own. I wish I had sought it out. But instead what had happened was my parents decided for my brother and sister and I to go to a different school in that fall. It was the fall of 84. I was 12 years old. It was a public school. And, uh, but they had an uh, opportunity to go out for the cross-country team. And I'd been a runner. My dad was a runner. I enjoyed running. And I thought, oh, this will finally be a neat chance to do something that I really enjoy. Um, I, growing up and playing a few sports like soccer and basketball and baseball, um, I was the guy that would throw the ball to the wrong base, uh, pass the ball to the wrong guy. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed running because it was just me out there. And I was the only one to blame if it didn't go well. So... Um, I was already a runner, but being able to be on that cross-country team was something that just really stirred me. I loved it, and I, I just enjoyed it. I went to every practice. Uh, the same day I went out for cross-country in, uh, in my science class, the same afternoon, the very first day of seventh grade, I met a, I met a, a friend, who, someone who would come, come to be a much, much closer friend, a little girl named Michelle Komar was in that seventh grade science class. And so uh, on that day, two, two important things were brought into my life, going out for the cross-country team and, my, and uh, meeting my friend Michelle. And, um, and that, was, that was kind of a big day for me. Anyway, um, as cross-country began and as I went on into track season, seventh grade and eighth grade, I, I enjoyed running, but I became obsessed with the, the drive for personal achievement and success. I was very stirred up by watching things like the Olympic Games, watching track meets on TV, I, and, and I ran, and I worked hard. I ran with my dad. I ran on my own. I ran at night. I ran in the morning. I ran all the time. I was absolutely bent on becoming the greatest runner that ever lived. That was my dream. I used to love to watch the Olympics, and I know every athlete sometimes has a, has a stirring within them that they want to accomplish something um, someday. And we see the, the, the you know, people that win Olympic medals. They're like, wow. And that, that, when I would see that, I'd go, that's me. I want to do that. I can't wait to do that. I'm, I'm willing to work at it, and I really was. 
I wanted, that was, that was my passion. It kind of sucked me in, and the passion within me was just a, a blue flame. And so going through middle school and high school and college, I continued to run and run and run like Forrest Gump going across America. I just kept running, and, and I enjoyed it. But there was a waning with my motivation over the years um, where it seemed like the harder I tried, uh, the less I improved. And it became more and more dissatisfying. And uh, I kind of end up running, literally running into sort of a dead end. And the fact that Jesus Christ was not number one in my life was the big problem. For about eight years, I knew I was saved. I never doubted my salvation. But with that pursuit of success and those dreams of doing something for myself and by myself, I didn't invite the Lord into my life with that. It was something I wanted to do by my own, and I couldn't wait to hear the national anthem when I won a gold medal. But as, as, as college running ended and, and life was sort of taking its turn, I, I didn't know what to do with myself. And I, I, I basically was at a dead end and had a, a really um, a sense of unfulfillment and emptiness that, was th that would, would linger on for years. And I didn't know what to do about it. It just was, it just was there. Um, but towards the end of college, a couple things happened. I, I really began to draw upon the, the Lord again. And I began to pray. And I brought out the Bible that I'd had since I was six years old. It was the Children's Living Bible. Anybody have that little Bible? Uh, and uh, I've still got my old copy of it somewhere. But um, I began to read it. And I drew closer to the Lord. Little baby steps. Um, I still had that emptiness and, and unfulfillment in my heart that, that, that no one else could fill um, but except the Lord. But at the same time, um, I ran into that friend that I had in seventh grade, Michelle Komar. Uh, I was working at a Target, and uh, a mutual friend of ours said, Hey, Michelle, Michelle's out shopping today. Have you, have you seen her recently? I go, No, I haven't seen her since we graduated from high school. We were friends in high school. And uh, anyway, we rekindled a friendship. I can't give you all the details on that at the moment, but we rekindled a friendship, turned into a relationship, and uh, she was so excited about it, she joined me here today along with our children. So that is my wife. She's now goes by Michelle Owers. Thank you, honey, for all you've done. But she was, at that time, the right person. She had been, while I was backsliding for eight years, she was growing in the Lord for the previous eight years. And she, the encouragement she gave, the prayer, the prayer that she gave for me, um, the prayers that we had together, the talks over the phone, as our relationship built, my relationship built with the Lord, I, I just turned back to him and just made great strides in coming back to him during that time as, as college was ending. Well, within about a year later, we were married. And um, at the same time, as we, were, as we were married, and I actually had to go back to school to complete my education, there was still that nagging void, that, that, that continued kind of shame and resentment over what I had done over the previous years and chasing a dream that I'd never fulfilled. It was still there. And um, I, I continued just to, to wonder, well, what do I do about this? And uh, during that time, I'd finished school. I became a math teacher. And I volunteered as a cross-country coach at the school I got hired at, Mountain Point High School in Phoenix. And uh, became, I started volunteering with the boys' cross-country team. Enjoyed doing that. Um, I was able to advise them. I knew exactly what to tell them because I had been a runner myself. I didn't have to look things up. Um, and I, was, I, I ended up realizing this is kind of neat. I, I, the fulfillment of being uh, a coach at that time, being able to use what I had learned over the years, I, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, now, uh, at, at this time, though, I, with that, still that, that emptiness within me, I knew I had to deal with it at some point. So um, we'd, we'd been married for probably uh, four years or so. We, had, we already had Lincoln, actually, already. Uh, Michelle and Lincoln were out of the house. I had the house to myself. And for some reason, at that moment, I, I, that night, I got on my knees. This is near the end of summer. Um, school year's about to start a few days later. I got on my knees. I lifted my hands in the air. 
and I just surrendered that whole passion, that whole self-driven dream that I had to become an outstanding runner. I just gave it to the Lord. I said, Lord, I, you gave me this talent and, and, and something I enjoyed, uh, but I, I sort of turned it into my own thing. And Lord, I'm sorry about that. I didn't, I didn't mean to run away from you, literally. I didn't mean to pursue my own passion so deeply that I ended up running away from you. And, and I, so I said, Lord, I, I release this to you. I, I don't know what to do with it. I don't know why I, I, got, I got so driven about that, but I'm, I'm done with this, Lord. I don't want to be carrying this shame or this guilt anymore. And I just let it go. And it felt so good. I felt a peace right then and there. I mentioned earlier that when I was saved, the Lord became my Savior. The Lord Jesus was my Savior. I knew he was still my Savior, of course, at that point. But I think at that moment, he also became my Lord and my Master because I had given him my life. And I said, I'm, I'm done with trying to control my own life and going for something that, um, that was and to just end up being a dead end. Less than 24 hours after that prayer, the very next day, because remember the phones we used to have in the kitchen and they'd have a little answering machine, remember those little things? And an answering machine call from the athletic director at my school. It says, Jeff, give me a call when you can. I want to talk to you. This is the athletic director. There's a, does it, we, need an op we, we need a position filled for the girls cross country team coach um, and I, I need it filled in, a, in, a, in just a couple of days. Call me back when you can. So I went, oh, no, no I don't want to do this. Do I really want to coach girls? I thought, I'm not, I, didn't, I didn't volunteer with the, the boys' cross-country team to coach the girls. I was waiting, along for, I was, I was waiting for, to coach the boys. And so, but I talked with Michelle, and we prayed. And uh, she, I remember her distinctly saying, you know, this, this could be the opportunity that the Lord has been waiting to give you. And it's, it, she was so right. And, I, and when she said that, I said, okay, I, I think I know what to do. And so I went and, and talked to my athletic director and I said, okay, I'm, I'm not really sure why. I'll, I'll trust you on this, but I'll, I'll go ahead and be the girls cross-country coach. And he goes, good, you need to be at practice tomorrow morning. So <laughs> here we go. Okay. I knew a lot about cross-country. knew a lot about running. Um, I didn't have to look up what workouts to give them. I knew all that. I didn't really know how to coach girls, though. And I met with the girls coach, who the one that was departing from the position. And she gave me some tips and ideas and so on. And said, just do your best. Give it a year. Um, give it some time. You'll be all right. I said, okay, okay I'll trust you. I learned a lot the first year. And I, and, um, you know, I made some mistakes, but I learned from it. Um, but I, I started praying. I started praying for the team. I started praying for myself. I was often saying, Lord, would you bless this team? Would you multiply the effort they put into training when they go out and race? Would you just, Lord, would you just bless them beyond measure? And bless me, please. Bless me as a coach. Help me to do the right thing. Help me to be a good example. And uh, I was absolutely blown away and still am to this day at the results. So the Lord blessed me and the team beyond measure. Um, and the, in our, my second year of coaching, they were the, they were the state champions. And, the, and the, the, the individual state champion was also on my team. The next year, they were state champions again. The year after that, they were state champions again when they really shouldn't have won that meet either. The Lord just continued to pour blessing after blessing. And I said, what is going on, Lord? This is just incredible. And he's like, well, I had this plan all along. You know, I, It's as if he could have tapped me on the shoulder and said, yeah, I knew what I was doing with you, but thank you for surrendering your own pursuit because now I can really work with you. And boy, he did. I want to I, I go back and read kind of the, 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 I found some scripture that really backs up that prayer that I offered up when I, when I, gave, when I gave my selfishness to the Lord and also to, you know, with, with what he wants to do with me afterwards. Um, in, in Romans 8.26, you don't need to turn there, but um, Romans 8.26, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. I didn't quite know how to, how to surrender that, that part of myself to the Lord, but the Holy Spirit did. Groanings which cannot be uttered. 
Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And I saw him do that in my life. The next verse goes right along with this as far as what he, was, what he would do with me. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are, who are the called according to his purpose. And, uh, you know, I was just blessed beyond measure with how the cross-country results were turning out. Um, my family got to know the other members on the team, and, and it just a lot of neat relationships were built. So I, at that point, the, the Lord had me. He had me. Uh, he was my Lord, my Savior, my Master. He did far more than anything I could have ever asked or imagined, as Scripture says he can. Well, by this time, we had, we had three kids, and uh, life was getting busy. And we, as far as cross-country, I knew I needed to kind of step down and be more of a dad than a coach. So I let that go. And, and as things would uh, continue to change, we ended up coming out to California. You know, I got an opportunity to teach at a, at a boarding school, which I still teach at now. Having to fast forward a little bit here, we wind up in California. I now teach at a, at a boarding school. There are opportunities to share the gospel, um, but, it's, uh, but the, I, I try to just be salt and light as best I can, as many teachers try to do in their classroom. I'm able to join the kids for Fellowship of Christian Athletes meetings at lunchtimes and Fridays and share the gospel with them and encourage them. And it's, it's, it's a joy to be used by the Lord, even in the smallest little places when you are not sure if the gospel can be said, and yet the Lord does give me opportunities to do that. Otherwise, I love putting my energy into Claremont Bible Chapel, along with my wife and our three children. Um, we love being there at Claremont Bible Chapel, such a welcoming community. We absolutely love it there. Um, I think the thing I'm just most grateful for now, we have three children that are walking with the Lord. And um, I know families that that can't say that. And praise God, I'm able to say, my three children love the Lord and my wife and I. I cannot be happier about that in the position we're in right now on that. And I'll, I'll just end by, by asking you to pray for our children, Lincoln, Delaney, and Desmond. Um, we love them, but the Lord loves them even more. But I appreciate you listening, and I hope it's been encouraging. And praise God for all he's done, not only with me, but what he can do with you. And uh, keep your eyes on him. I'll give him. Give him what you can. We all have those things that we hang on to. We all have those things we have trouble letting go with, letting go of. But if you can give them to the Lord, do it. And he is waiting to bless you. So I'll just end that way. Thank you very much.